so excited to bring the word this morning. I, and I believe that God has given me an awesome couple verses, actually, that I want to share with you t- today. But let me just quickly pray and let's just have a little bit of a lean into God's word for a moment. Thank you, Lord, that you are here, God. And I thank you for the beautiful worship and the beautiful time of ministry, Lord God, with the kids and the, the children, Lord God, and the, the, the uh, nice, Lord God, uh, family atmosphere that we have here, Lord God. This is your idea of kingdom come, family, mother, father, husband, wife, children, loving each other, loving you, God, all united as one, Lord God. And I thank you that you, Lord God, and your presence is here, Lord God, and it's so beautiful. And I pray that your word, as always, would, Lord God, be rich and would bless us, Lord. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. So we have actually been talking from Ephesians lately, Ephesians 6, and... It's funny because when I was thinking about this morning and what I could speak to fathers and, and you know everyone here, it came to my attention, Ephesians 6 verses 1. So what I want to do is I just want to focus on the first four verses and just keep it really simple. But there is so much in the first four verses that I believe every single one of us can benefit from and can be instructed by the Lord. But it says in Ephesians 6 1, children... Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. I just want to focus for a second on the first word, children, children. Now, I'm not sure, Joe kind of touched on this a little bit, on what your experience has been with your earthly father. Perhaps some of us, he carry a bit of pain because of the way your father treated you, or maybe neglected you, violated you let you down. Fathers, as Joe said, they are definitely not perfect. Maybe, um, you know, it can remind you if you are a believer, or sorry, I meant to say, perhaps some of you carry that pain. And and I, I know for myself, some of the, you know, hurtful memories sometimes can happen from family, right? Anyone in the same boat as, as myself? And Family means so much to us, and that's why sometimes when we have situations of hurt and pain and different things, it means a lot more to us because we are part of each other, and it's like, it's my family. Um, but can I remind you, if you are a believer, I said I want to speak about children for a moment, you are a child of God. You are a child of God. You have a father in heaven, and he is a good father. He's an amazing father. I remember, i never forget it, my father, you know, he had quite a difficult experience with his father. And I remember on his birth, I think it was his marriage certificate or something like that, you have to acknowledge, you know, who, who your father is or something like that, one of those certificates. And my father kind of, you know, uh, as a zealous Christian, kind of on the back of his certificate, kind of wrote, there is only one father, you know, and obviously it was because he had uh, a difficult um, experience with his father. But, you know, what can I remind us that we can always know that we have a good father in heaven. He is your father in heaven and we are his children. The Bible says in Romans 8.14, and Joe touched on this again, for as many are led, as, as are led by the Spirit of God, we who are in Christ are led by the Spirit of God. 
These are sons of God. We are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You are a child of God. And that is so, so precious that, you know, Almighty God, who created heaven and earth, who is all-powerful, almighty, amazing, awesome, incredible. We can't get our minds around this God of ours, and yet He's also described as a father, and He's a good father. He is the good shepherd. Ephesians 6.1, let's go back to it because I want to go and park on some other parts of Ephesians 6.1. It says this, children, okay? So I want you to focus on a couple things. As a child of, you know, biologically we are children of parents, but I also want us to have a focus on being children of God. So when I read this verse, it relates to our our uh, relationship with our earthly parents, but it also relates, it can relate to our relationship and our receptivity towards our heavenly father. So it says this, children, obey your parents. And is there any kids here this morning? They're probably busy coloring. But can I share with you what the Bible says? Definitely, my kids, I know they'll be paying attention and listening and commenting on what I said today. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Christian children are to obey their parents because this is right. The Bible first and foremost concern is for righteousness, doing what is right. Joe, last week, she touched on the breastplate of righteousness. Wasn't that an awesome word? Reminding us that by faith, we put on the breastplate of righteousness. And she also reminded us that as we put on that breastplate of righteousness, which is we can't earn, we put it on. It is a, it's a miracle. It's something that we get to put on because of what Jesus has done on the cross. But it is our responsibility to live righteously. And I love what you said, Joe, last week, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And that righteousness, sometimes we can just tag it along in that verse as in like we almost don't pay attention to it. And yet we are encouraged or we are instructed to seek ye first the kingdom and His righteousness. The first and foremost reason why the child is to obey his parents is because it is right. You don't hear that so often, right? In today's day and age, what is right, what is wrong? There is a right and there is a wrong. And children, you are to obey your parents because it is right. And let me encourage you that obedience is pleasing to God. It pleases God. In Psalm 11, 7, it says this, For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. His countenance beholds the upright. Another version of that last sentence says, 
the virtuous will see his face. Isn't that powerful? He loves righteousness. He is righteous and he, and he loves righteousness. And those who live righteously will see his face. It's a powerful, powerful reminder that obedience is pleasing to our Father in heaven, our God. Obedience is also fulfilling the purpose God has for us. Ecclesiastes 12.13 says this, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of men. It's quite simple, isn't it? How do I fulfill the purpose of God in this life? And of course, we are talking about children. We're talking about children who, are, who have parents. And then, of course, we're also talking about children of God. How do I fulfill that purpose that I have in Him on this earth? Well, it's quite simple. Obey His commandments. He loves righteousness. Live righteously. You'll see His face. Let's go back to Ephesians 6, verse 2. Let's move on to the next couple of scriptures. It says this, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Isn't that a powerful, powerful scripture right there? There's a promise that comes with obeying this command, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Praise the Lord. I've always kept that in my heart personally, and I'm not a perfect son, but I think I can say that you know, when my parents, when I get together with my parents, I, I bring them honor and, and joy in the fact that you know, I'm, I, I love God, I live for Him, I have a wife and beautiful kids, and, and it's important because not only is that an instruction of God, but it also comes with a promise that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Who wants to live long on the earth? Come on now. Children, you are also commanded to honor your parents. Now let me ask you a question because, yes, we know if we are spiritual children, we need to honor our Father in heaven. So that's pretty clear. But in terms of adults, right, and our relationship with our parents, what is the difference between obeying one's parents and honoring them? What's the difference there? Because there's obeying and then there's honoring. What's the difference? This is an important question because the Bible also teaches us this in Genesis 2.24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. You see, the reason why I'm reading this verse because first of all, we're talking about what's the difference between obeying and honoring. And then this verse is very important because some of us, we might leave mother and father physically, but we haven't left them emotionally and we haven't clung on to our wife as God instructs us to do. And it causes contention amongst our uh, you know, cohesion as a marriage, as a couple. You know, I know for Joe and I, we had to navigate early on, 
right, when we got married, that I am to, you know, I've, I've now, uh, I was a bit of a, a, a bit extreme um, with my um, expectations of having my wife all to myself. It was like, my father-in-law, well, he, he, uh, um, he made us slow down our relationship at one point. <laughs> he actually said, uh, this thing is going on too quickly. And, uh, and so he actually said, Dave is not allowed to see you as many times as he does. And, you know, as a young guy, I was a little bit frustrated at that. And so as soon as I got married, I had my opportunity to be in charge. I am now her husband. And what I say goes. I'm, I'm making light of, of, of a bit of a, a situation in my life that I lived and with, with Joe. But the point is, when you leave mum and dad, you leave mum and dad, right? And the Bible says that join to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Right, so the whole obedience, obviously, right, is not relevant for those who have left mum and dad and have become one who do not live under the roof of mum and dad, who have left the home. But I'll ask the question again: What is the difference between obeying one's parents and honouring them? Well, let me let me say it this way: Obedience deals with actions, right? Whereas honour is a matter of attitude. It's a matter of attitude. Our attitude towards father and mother must be that of rendering unto them honor and respect. Now, let's go there for a second. That doesn't mean, honor and respect does not mean I agree with everything mum and dad say. <laughs> Anyone not agree with everything mum and dad say? Yeah? Can sometimes cause a little bit of conflict, right? Uh, but if we're not careful, we can get hung up on our opinions and, and the fact that we've become our own, and we can forget what the biblical instruction is of how we ought to honor our parents. Does that make sense? And look, I know that there are some parents that might not have the godly example that you had hoped for. And some family or parents would disappoint you and even disrespect you and even cause you to feel like this is a real difficulty for me to honor. But the Bible doesn't give us, it doesn't say honor if, honor and show reverence and respect if they are godly or if they are good parents, if they have a good track record. It doesn't actually say that. It just instructs us that we ought to honour our parents. And like I said, that can be challenging sometimes, especially when we clash, especially when, you know, you might not have had the best childhood. But do you know what? In your heart, if it's attitude, God sees the heart leaning towards Him and you're saying to yourself, God... My motivation, my motivation is fueled by obedience to you because the Bible says it pleases you. You are righteous. You love righteousness. So I will be fueled and motivated to honor my parents, right, in my heart, in the hidden places where my parents can't see what's going on, 
with the, with the conversation that I have with my spouse, with, in my mind, accusations against my parents, or whatever it might be. Listen, I, I will be obedient to what God's Word says. And if that means I need to forgive, if that means my, I need to forgive a hundred times over, Lord, I forgive, so be it. Because, Lord, Your Word instructs me to honour my parents, and I will do that. I will obey You. Honour and respect towards one's parents is an attitude that the son... Honour and respect towards one's parents is an attitude that the son or daughter must never outgrow. Okay, so that's where it gets relevant, right? We are obviously not obeying our parents if you're not living with mum and dad anymore. You know, you, 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 but, but we honour. We always honour and we never outgrow honouring our parents. And the Bible says this in Mark 7.10. For instance, Moses gave you this law from God. Honour your father and mother. And anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. But you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, Sorry, I can't help you. For I have vowed to, God, to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you let them disregard their needy parents. And so you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own tradition. And this is only one example among many. So Jesus is addressing the Pharisees. So it reminds us that mum and dad are to be people that we continue to honour, to respect, reach out to, help, whatever it may be. It doesn't depend on age or busyness of life. The Bible instructs us to always have that heart attitude of honour towards our parents. Amen? Let's move on. Ephesians 6.4 says this, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Christian fathers are exhorted not to provoke their children to anger or to resentment. Now let me, let me show you what that might look like. Okay, And I'll use my own life as an example. Sometimes I'll come home and let's just say the home is not ideal as far as warmth and relaxation and certain things have hit the fan, so to speak, if you know what I mean. And, you know, what vexes me as a father sometimes, a lot, <laughs> is that there are members in the household that live in this house other than me. And other than the, than the mother. And so often, instead of bringing up my children in love and in nurture, I will have a little bit of a fatherly rant at my kids, at my boys, mostly my boys. <laughs> the, other, the girls are a little bit young. But I let them know, guys, you live in this home. This is your home. It's not just your mum and dad's home. There are items on the ground, and often I'll get, oh, but that's not my mess. And then I lecture them about me not being selective about their laundry. But that's not my laundry. But that's not my piece of rubbish, and yet I still take the trash out. And so we have this conversation. But if I'm honest, sometimes 
I will take the opportunity that God gives me to give godly instruction, godly discipline, and from a selfish place, I will execute the, what has to happen with a lot of dominance, a lot of authority, of, too much on the authoritative side. Can I just encourage you, fathers, if that's ever you apart from me, can I just encourage you? You can get the same outcome just choosing a better way in which you approach the situation. Does that make sense? You can go down the line of authoritative, I'll get my way right here, right now. Or you can go down the route of, I'll still get my way, but I'm going to do this with love. And I'm going to do this the way God instructs me to do it. Right? I'm going to nurture my sons and I'm going to teach them. I have another opportunity to bring them up in the ways of the Lord. And can I tell you something? Yes, the authoritative method works, but it has a time limit, doesn't it? And I've even seen it sometimes with my own boys, and I'm just being honest. Sometimes I've seen the little man rise up in my little boys, and they're like, hang on a second. I'm, God is forming me to be a man, and this approach that you are using, it only has a certain amount of time that it will last before I'll get a voice, I'll, get, I'll grow up a little bit. So my point is, when it says, don't provoke, don't provoke your children to anger. Think about the way in which you approach your children, fathers, to be able to execute whatever it is that you have to execute. Because here's the thing, we do need to instruct our kids. That's godly, right? We, don't, we, we are called to instruct, love, nurture, build our children. We really are. But we can do it positively. Christian fathers are to nurture their children. Listen to this. The first Greek word nurture, Paul uses here, has the meaning of training through the use of discipline. Training through the use of discipline. Now let me give you an example of something I do. I've talked about my faults, but... Training my kids in the way of discipline doesn't always, doesn't only mean as in like you're grounded. So for Joe and myself, we have a couple of um, ace cards for my kids. One of them is a PlayStation, the privilege of a PlayStation. We put that down on the table if there's naughty behavior. And I'm telling you, quick, smart, my kids come into line, right? It's like no PlayStation tomorrow. <gasps> Suddenly I got their attention. Or the other one for Isaac, and this is a big one. Game time to watch the Penrith Panthers. You've just lost 10 minutes, mate. Keep going, it'll be 20 minutes. But we're not just talking about this kind of discipline. We're talking about this. This is the kind of discipline that we as fathers have an opportunity to, opportunity to, to do. For example, a, a little practical thing that I do with Isaac and Joseph is their, their laundry is washed and it comes off the line. I go in with my boys and we put laundry away together. They know the response. I take the clothesline hangers off their cupboard. Boys, you know what to do. There's no such thing as putting your shirt away that's inside out. Fix it first, right? It's a little, it's a little opportunity for me to teach them discipline because I'm thinking about long-term 
situation when they're with their families and they need to be orderly and they need to be structured. They need to lead their families and they need to lead their families well. They can't be, I don't know where this is and I don't know where that is, right? I have an opportunity to give my best as a dad godly discipline in the most practical things of life. I'm not just talking about spiritual in terms of your character. I'm talking about even the practical things of life. Put your clothes away. Don't leave it on the floor. We will not have teenagers. Any teenagers who leave their clothes on the floor, don't put your hand up. Just come out the front later and we'll be praying for you after service. Okay? But the practical things, we have an op- I, I remember my father, he used to say to me, David, Benji, Hector, when you greet somebody, look them in the eye, shake their hand, look them in the eye and say, hello, my name is David. And you wouldn't believe the favor just of some little tip of my father disciplining, instructing me on how I ought to behave with adults, how I ought to show respect. Just that little tip has gotten me so far in life because I treat people with respect and honor. We as fathers get the opportunity to do this. It's beautiful. The second word, admonition, translated instruction, has the meaning of counseling, warning, giving guidance. Again, what a beautiful opportunity we have as dads to do that. I know my son Isaac, he's as passionate as me about winning, right? He doesn't like losing, right? But I've had to teach him, I've had to instruct him that we need to be humble winners, okay? Which is why I haven't spoken about the Pen of Panthers this morning, because I'm going to be humble about it, okay? Much of you, many of you know what I'm talking about, but I won't go there because I want to be a humble winner. <laughs> but I've had to teach my son, Isaac, it's good to want to win, it's good to want to be competitive, right? But God teaches us to be humble, God teaches us to have humility and not be proud and boastful. Right? And I get to instruct him on that. And this is, and Isaac, when you are boastful and proud, this is the consequences that come of it. People don't like you. People don't want to hear from you because you're arrogant and people think you're full of yourself. So I get to, as a father, instruct my son's admonition. What does that mean? Well, I get to instruct them on the things of life, the details. Can I encourage us as fathers afresh? And there are many fathers that are, I'm sure are, are better than me. I know Lukeman does an amazing job. He shared recently with me how, how much quality time he spends with young Josh and you know, has that time of play and relaxation. And, and, and his son's come to expect that of him, <laughs> that it's now it's an expectation. And my kids, they have the same expectation on me. Dad, your time belongs to me as well. It's not just belongs to work, it belongs to me. And that's beautiful. But can I encourage us fathers, right, afresh, that we have the opportunity to look at the details of our kids' lives and address them and be in their corner, speak into their lives. Don't leave it to somebody else. Don't think, especially if, we're go- if they're going to school, school will teach them that. No, it won't. It's on us. It's on us to love our kids and to instruct them. Day in, 
day out. We nurture our children by means of discipline and instruction, don't we? As fathers, we are instructed to nurture our children for the Lord. For the Lord. The actual definition of the dictionary of nurture, the word nurture, says means to promote the growth and development of the child. We promote the growth and development of the child. To nurture means to cultivate life to maturity. By way of illustration, let me put it this way. One nurtures a little seedling into a mature fruit-producing plant. Now, you know by now, I have shared many times, I have no green farm. But I do understand that when you've got like a little pot plant, okay? And if I'm wrong, forgive me. But you must nurture that pot plant. You must, you know, on a daily basis, water it. And when you water it, you don't douse it with a bucket of water, right? You, you, you just sprinkle whatever water it needs. But here's, here's the thing. Sometimes as dads, I want to douse my 40-year-old knowledge on my sons. That's not nurturing. That's drowning. I lecture them as if they are 40-year-olds. And it literally feels like I've gotten a bucket and I've just gone, ready? And when they don't understand it, I'm frustrated. But nurturing, nurturing, the spirit, the heart of nurturing is to grow and develop. Here's the thing. It's a repetitive thing, isn't it? When you, when you water that seedling, you, you, you must do it daily. With our children, with my boys, with my daughters, I must daily nurture, love, grow, develop, repeat myself over and over and over again. I'm sure I've told you that this shirt does not belong on the ground. I have told you, and yet I'm going to tell you again. And tomorrow, I'll probably have to tell you again. But the point is, it's a seedling. One day, that seedling will become a mature, fruit-producing plant. Autonomous, strong, fruitful. Hopefully, if we've done it right, fathers. Hopefully, if I've done it right. Hopefully, if I've been not arrogant enough to acknowledge that sometimes I get it wrong and I need to be instructed by God's Word, not my impulse, not my flesh, not my reactivity, not my longing for perfection. I need to be instructed by God's Word and do it the way God asks me to do it. So the task of the Christian father is to cultivate his children's development especially their spiritual development for Christ. Isn't it an extra layer of responsibility, fathers, who are in Christ? There's more on us. And I say that not in a negative way. I say that in a positive way because you are, you are discipling generations. Think about that. The children who sit here, one day they are going to be fathers of their own, mothers of their own. And they are learning from you. You are discipling them. It matters to me more than anything, church, how my family's rhythm is going. If my family's rhythm is out of whack, out of order, my kids are neglected, 
I'm not spending enough time with them. That matters to me more than anything else in this world because that actually qualifies me to be a man of God. That qualifies me to be a discipler elsewhere. How am I discipling my children, those underneath my nose? Am I speaking into their lives? Am I loving on them? Am I praying with them? Am I instructing them? That matters more than anything else in the world. And the responsibility as fathers to, to lead them into a journey and a relationship with Christ is even more so. And do you know what? I've heard it said before that children form their relationship with God based upon their relationship with their father. And now here's the thing. Of course, I spoke to you about our good heavenly father at the beginning. And he is here with us. And we can cling on to him and we can be, we can be built up and we can be nourished by the relationship that we have with our father. But can I also encourage us men here who have children, fathers, can I just remind us that if we are seen as God figures in their life, let us do it well. Let us forgive our kids. Let us show them grace. Let us show them gentleness. And I I'm, I'm promise I'm preaching to myself this morning. Let us show them patience. Let us show them kindness. Let us show them how to be a servant. Serve your family. Show them what a servant looks like. Don't just tell them about it. Show them. Build up mum. Show them what it, what it means to be able to love a woman, love her well, serve her well. The responsibility that we have is wonderful, especially when we walk closely with God and we ask God, God, help me to father well. Help me to be the kind of father that you want me to be because I am literally raising generations. Joseph Rotniak one day will be a father of his own. And God willing, he'll have a good example from his parents to be able to model off what we have taught him into his own family. Amen? As parents, we must be interested in po uh, pointing our children to Christ, leading them to Christ, seeing them receive Christ as their Savior. Isn't that important? It's most important. Listen, my kids, there's going to come a day, and for um, my kids, some have had this day happen already, where they're going to stand on their own two feet, and they're going to have their own opinion of God and their Savior, Jesus. And I'm praying, and I always will pray with my wife, that they, their hearts would be inclined unto God, that they would fear God and love His commandments, that they would follow hard after God, seeing them receive Christ as their Savior, and then proceed to lead lives that are devoted to Christ. Amen? We have the worship team come back up.